0: So um, thanks for having me. I'd be here either way, um, but uh, maybe talking a little bit less. So I wanted to have because I feel like we're a pretty comfortable around each other sort of group. I wanted to have a little bit of back and forth, so it's not just necessarily like I'm preaching a lesson or a devotional. I, I want to have some some moments where we we talk, kind of at, at table groups or in little things for like a minute or so and then kind of get back just kind of alternate that way um and i wanted to talk about um salvation and um assurance of salvation and things like that so so i my opening question for you guys and if if you're comfortable enough you just want to share in front of the whole group that can work too i don't know what you guys um would like. Um, but my first, my first question for us is, do we need to strive for salvation, and should it require a great effort? So just think about, you know, what makes you saved, and, and sh- is it something that you think should be hard? Um, or how do, you, how do you think about salvation instinctively, and, and what do you know about it? You're like, I was ready I was ready to just listen. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm scrambling
1: to prepare my own stuff. So what do you um I think I think to say that, you know, salvation would require any great effort on our part would say that, you know, we are the cause for our salvation. I think that's you know couldn't be any less true. I mean I think it just requires a small effort on our part. I think, I think also, too, it's because of that, it's very, you know, because we're, we're kind of wired to kind of create our own success, and I feel like, you know, it can be easy then to doubt ourselves you to know, have
0: those doubts. Yeah. We, we instinctively want to do something yeah. to to pay for the meal. <laughs> for example, well, you're at a restaurant, you expect there to be a check at some point, and it's a little uncomfortable and unusual to just have you know, something given to you. And really. we,
1: we all individually know what moral sinners we are, mm-hmm. and so to, uh, to
2: have those doubts. Yeah. yeah. It's like the American dream. I can do anything I put my mind to, include save myself, you know. And that's the opposite of what Scripture teaches read any of Paul's writing it's not because of what he did and he, he of all people had the credentials to say you know look morally perfect life you know expert in scripture he's persecuting those he thought were incorrect and like and he was saying that he needed a savior and so it's not because of what he did it's because of what Christ did I feel like as men, there's
0: sort of this, um, this desire to, to save ourselves, or to say, I don't need your help. Um, it's like sort of this thing built into our, our, our many cultures that it's kind of a macho thing, just like, I don't, I don't need help, I'm okay, um, maybe you need help, but I don't, sort of a thing. And um, and Jesus really kind of turns a lot of our expectations on their head, um, and through our surrender, you know, we we allow God's power to to um, to make to make something new out of out of our lives and, and who we are.
3: I think sometimes, uh, as humans, some humans take it too lightly. You know, it's like, uh, oh well, you know, if I just
4: ask
3: for forgiveness and you know, he'll forgive me that and then they're often doing, you know, doing it again. Uh, but uh, you know, for myself, when you know, when I first first came to the Lord was embraced uh, I guess I should say the second time. Well, the first time I came to Lord, I was in high school. I was at a church, a church camp, uh, and I knew what, what I had to do. And I, I, you know, I was looking, I was searching. Uh, then there was a traumatic uh, event in my life where uh, I walked away. I completely walked away. From the time. Mm-hmm. I said there was no God, there wasn't a glacier back there and everything. Uh, but it wasn't until my grandmother, uh, who stood about 4'11 and probably weighed 95 pounds of soap and flames, uh, she grabbed a hold of me back there and she sat me down. And in the old, you know, electrified accent, she told me, you know, uh, you know how it is when we, we plant. Being raised on a farm out there, it's you know, But it's just like God has a rose garden. And just, you know, you can't have old plants in the garden and expecting beautiful flowers.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: You have to have some new plants and. Uh, it took me probably about two weeks to really have that set in, because I was still uh, trying to get through the death of my daughter. And uh, I went back to my book, Grandma. I says, "How comes Jamie had kind not of died when it was people out there, you know, having kids?" running in garbage cans, going on the streets, doing everything that there. And here was a young couple that wanted a baby. And he took her away from us. Uh, so like I say it took it took about two weeks until going back and really listening to what you Old me and everything and that and working on you know. And I still, you know, I still, I still was angry. And that was the thing. I was angry at God. I was angry at God. You know, uh, a lot of things. And, uh, but once, once I realized that he, he loved us no matter what, no matter where we are. Uh, and he really uh, I can't, now, now the fact that I say you know in a blessing, but she uh, she actually died from the influence of meningitis, And uh, she she would have been a baby. And uh, I don't I don't know at the age of 19, me and my wife would have been able to handle that, you know, bringing them up, bringing her up like that. But, uh, you know, I guess that's why I have the passion for, you know, artistic kids, uh, kids with disabilities, you know, kids like
4: that.
3: Um, Because I was there. Sometimes we, it's too easy, you know, like the lights switch on and off. You can be on and off, but what you're doing, and everything like that. But like she said, you know, you gave your life to Christ, and you you were doing it, doing it. And I like, in all the cases, is that something happened for us to to walk away?
0: Aren't we glad that Jesus doesn't walk away?
3: Correct. He's always right. <laughs> there. Uh... But like I say, you know, at young age and the immaturity that I was at 19, you know, uh, you know, I was selfish. I was looking at me and not what the whole picture what of God, what God's plan
0: was for us. I, I like what you, what you say about, like... <laughs> Because you, you recognize how momentous of a decision it is to follow Christ, you, you don't like seeing evidence of someone taking it flippantly and just saying, like, okay, it's not like putting the pink sticker on your driver's license saying, I'm a donor. This only applies after I die. Right. Um, but it's more like you're signing up for a lifetime commitment, like a marriage, or signing up for military service, like you're not your own. And it means a lot. So there's a there's a lot of weight to that decision, but the decision in and of itself isn't necessarily, you know, a, a great effort, except for just com- coming to that point. It means a lot for your future, as the decisions that you make when you make Jesus Christ your Lord. But
2: um. But there's something in. But then is that grace or is that works? Mm-hmm. If you're if you sign up for something. That you are working towards until you die mm-hmm. is that grace or is that you? I don't know. But no, I, I, I'm not yeah. disagreeing <laughs> with you at all. I'm just that <laughs> yeah.
0: So, so there's a there's a lot of you know kind of chicken and the egg sort of situation where you say like, am I living out, you know, making certain decisions and doing certain actions? Because I'm thankful for being saved, because Christ is my Lord already, or am I trying to reverse engineer the process and just kind of, you know, act my way into a, into a salvation, which isn't accurate. But um, but nonetheless, I think when they're both there, most people are <laughs> pretty convinced uh, that you, you know, you know that you're living a, a fruitful, a life. Um, <laughs> But it is—it is very damaging, I think, internally, if you if you try to to uh, to earn something and make it depend on you um, when Christ has done the work. Um, so the next question to ponder is: How does a pursuit for a right relationship with God and to honor His commandments differ from our salvation in the amount of? you know, energy, you know, that we invest uh, to maintain. So there's, there's kind of a line there where, you know, we're saved. Um, and then, you know, and then we have, you know, these efforts and stuff. So there's kind of this... I, I just kind of wonder about that. It's not... <laughs> we need to spend a lot of time on, but I... But how do you, how do you work, work with all those kind of uh, details? Do you, do you lump them together... Or do you do you look at them as very distinct things like I'm saved and I'm pursuing a right right relationship with God? Yeah. <laughs> Feel free to just kind of mull it over. And just gonna kind of, uh, we, we don't have to you know give our prepared responses. I do have a head start uh, on, on some of this, um, but. Uh, there's a passage that's kind of the main passage I, I wanted to share um, this morning. It's uh, Romans chapter 10, uh, the second half of verse 8 through 13. And I can read it for you. It says, The word is near you, it is in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith we are proclaiming. That if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. As Scripture says, anyone who trusts in him will never be put to shame. For there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all, and richly blesses all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So I, I really love how, how it's just kind of distilled down to just say like there's, there's a lot of p- power and stuff that happens when you actually say Jesus is Lord, when you actually confess with your mouth, because some of us as guys, depending on our personality, we like to sort of internalize our decisions and not necessarily share openly about them, we kind of keep them close to the best. Um, but there's something that happens when you, when you ex- express your faith to others. And I think there's kind of more of a, 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 a hurdle that I feel more kind of freedom when I express my faith, faith to somebody that I don't know how they're going to react to it. And if I'm in a group of believers, I might feel comfortable sharing more, but when I'm with someone that I don't even know where they are on the religious spectrum, um, and I share something of my faith, it feels like there's more risk and reward at the same time, and and I like I like that that thrill or mystery <laughs> when I have that those moments to share. And so, so I want to encourage you guys. Um, the part about just just confessing with your mouth, and that's one of the reasons I, I also wanted to have this be sort of a, a two-way um, discussion.
3: Well, so, sometimes I think it's easier. To confess or talk to somebody you don't know, yeah, and tell them about yourself than it is to uh, be with the people that you know and say, Yeah, and who knew yeah. you the, growing up from like that, yeah. you know, about 15 minutes ago, or you know, here, right there, and say, like, Yeah, uh huh, you know, he's mm-hmm. telling me this, sir, you know, but uh. It's, I don't know, to, to me it's, 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 I guess now, since I'm older than that, it's easier for me to express that than it was when I was in my 20s or 30s. Because uh, I'm, I'm more secure, and like I tell them, hey, I'm just like you, I fail every day, you know. Sometimes, 12 times a day, you know. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's this... It's, uh, and I, I think that's if the honesty with them is what gets them. And it's like, God, God's using you to have Him get in there and do the work. So it's like, I, it's not me to try and uh, convert them or, or save them. All, all I'm trying to do is... Do you know about God
0: and God will be the rest in the rest? Yeah, I've heard that there's like a... That typically, like kind of in your, in your late teen years and 20s, you're kind of at the stage where you're trying to discover who you are and kind of formalize some of that in your own mind. Like, who am I? What am I about? That sort of thing. Um, and I don't like to attach it necessarily to an age because I think we all kind of go through a maturing process. Where we're kind of checking things out, discovering some things, and um, and at a certain point, you get to where you know who you are, and in, and in Christ, you know whose you are. So you're you can have a little bit more boldness and confidence in how you approach certain things that you were very self conscious about sharing before. And um, I think that's all you know part of maturing, you know, as as a man or as an adult or anybody um so i want you to think about this um this question how much confidence do you have in your salvation so when you think about like am i saved am i not saved what is that something that that you um that you waffle back and forth on or or do you have to you have to be reminded certain verses to, to have that confidence does it waver and what and what do you put that confidence you know what what are what is you have an anchor verse or something that you go to um because when i when i read this passage that's something that i kind of come back to and say like when it just dis, distills it down to one verse it says call on the name of the lord and you'll be saved um it helps me to kind of just distri- move away the things that are not you know the um, pillars of what makes you safe anybody want to share about that if you have other, some other verses that that you go to when you're wondering yeah I probably should have
2: I, I tend to go to the passage in Romans, where it's, you know, for I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels nor demons, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything in all of creation can separate me from the love of God. Because... For a long time, I thought I could separate me from God, um, but I'm a part of creation, and if nothing in creation can separate me from the love of God, that means I can't either. Um, and so that that helps me kind of keep that perspective, and viewpoint.
0: Yeah, it's good. It's good to have because because our emotions and things in our life will challenge, you know, many things. But um, but I think it's good to have something that we're that we're anchoring in, and uh, scripture is a great thing to 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 do that with. Um, so, according to the passage in Romans we just read, how much confidence should we have? Should it should it be variable, or should we be able to just black and white say, "I'm confident, I'm, I'm safe"? I think, I think for me it, it it makes it a lot more black and white, and um, and I like that. I like when things are black and white. <laughs> you know.
4: Yeah. 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 I know. I'm in a very vulnerable position right now.
0: <laughs> um. So, once again, in this passage, it seems much simpler when you distill it to to these. You know things confessing with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, believing in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, and um, and knowing that simply trusting in Jesus will never put us to shame. So when I think about being put to shame, like what is what what are people imagining? You know, if they're thinking about should I put my faith in Jesus? If you're if you're pre making a decision about Christ, um, there might you might feel a little bit vulnerable, like. Should I do this? Am I going to be embarrassed You know, by putting my faith in, in a God that I can't see? Um, so sometimes we allow the world to interject our thoughts with fear of, of being shamed for putting our faith in Jesus. Um, but we are not called to put anything or anyone but Jesus in place as our Lord. So if you're giving the world or, or some other... You know, person, a heavy enough say in your life that you would feel shame from them for putting your faith in Christ, then that's really more of a, a a competing Lord for you. You know, and so, so um, so really just remembering who your Lord is, and um, and kind of reviewing that, I think helps helps you to say like, God is my ultimate authority, and if if I'm, you know. If I'm confessing that he's my Lord, then the only one I should be concerned about bringing shame to would be God himself. And so just kind of keeping, you know, your perspective in line with that, I think, is is very helpful. Um, So simply calling on him reveals your belief that he can save you. So we wouldn't call on somebody that we didn't think could save us. Um, Allowing him to lift you up is surrendering to him. The authority to direct your life. Uh, so now all you need to do is declare that Jesus is Lord to make it public. So, you know, for some reason when I was re- reading this, I was thinking about like a lifeguard. Like if I'm floundering in the pool, you know, I don't like you know ask you know the the kid playing in the shallow pool to come and save me. Now I'm going to ask the person on the tall chair that's qualified and has the buoy and all that all that kind of stuff because I believe they can save me. And so, just that trust is really a similar sort of trust that when we put it in Jesus, um, that's where kind of all the action happens. You know, um, one, one verse that I, I really like to really s- sort of prove, prove the point many of you might be familiar. It's a verse describing a man dying on a cross next to Jesus um, and being saved by putting his faith and belief in Jesus. So let me read it to you. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus answered him, I tell you the truth. Today you will be with me in paradise. And for some reason, that just really excites me and kind of, I don't know, jazzes me a little bit just to think, like, this guy, he was literally nailed down. He had he didn't have a lot of options of, like, working out his salvation, you know, passing tracks or <laughs> Oh, inviting people to outreach events or anything, he was he was nailed down. All he had was his mouth, and his heart and his head was still able to function to be able to communicate with Jesus. And if you have that, you have enough to to uh, to have a faith in Christ that saves you. And um, but because we are not nailed to a cross right now, you know we have more freedom. And we should use that freedom to glorify God, you know, because we don't have that excuse of I'm literally nailed and I'm going to die in a matter of hours or minutes. Um, and so we should use that freedom to glorify God as we're able and as he enables us. So the the last thing I, I'd like us to be able to share a little bit about. Um, so I want to ask you, have you had a challenging experience talking about? about your faith with someone and what made it hard to do and how did it turn out. You now whether exciting or or disappointing, I think just the act of of um, stepping out there and sharing with someone is uh, something that helps us to grow and learn as as believers. <laughs> I could start my sharing. Um, there, there was a time at work where I was really consistent with just... I had my Bible in my truck, and I would just read during my first 15-minute breaks at work. And um, and I was put on a job where I was working with a guy with some, like two other employees to train them how to do stuff. But then on my break, I was just reading. And so this is the first day I met them. And... Um, And one of the guys noticed that I was reading my Bible. It's a little easier to notice when when I'm reading a paper Bible versus, like, coming through a smartphone like I do more often today. Um, But it opened up an opportunity where a guy was curious about stuff. He goes, hey, tell me about, you know, this Bible. I was thinking about going to church. I was thinking about, you know, some different things. Um, And I found out that he was really seeking. He really wanted to to give back to find out, you know, what you know, who God was and what what this whole Christianity thing was about. And I ended up giving him my Bible because I had others and I didn't know when I would ever see him again. And it turns out I actually never did see him after that day. But um but I ended up talking to him for a long time and and his coworker, you know, had a very different faith. He was like Unitarian or something and he was saying like, Oh you should come to my church and talk about it And he was kind of interested but he kinda was kind of coming and going. But this guy was so intrigued. I just got this feeling um, that was totally unlike my normal pathway of doing stuff. I got this this sense of urgency, like from the Holy Spirit saying, "Like, you need to ask this guy if he wants to pray with you to be saved, because he's like right there on the cusp." And and I I told him that you don't, you know, it's 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 great for you to go to church, but. You know, you could actually pray right now to accept Christ as your Savior, and um, and it was it was this kind of surreal experience where I was walking among like this construction site between houses that were getting stucco put on them, and I stood there with him and prayed with him to receive Christ, and it was it was really exciting and kind of you know um, an emotional you know spiritual high to be able to do that, and it just felt funny because I'm there with guys with hard hats walking by with wheelbarrows full of stuff, stuff and everything and pray with them and gave them this like kind of awkward hug after <laughs> and then we went back to work uh, doing stuff but it was just it's something that I just keep coming back to because it was so exciting and such a felt like an unnatural um, context for it but then after that I, I never I think I talked to him like once and then his phone number changed and he he lived in, like, the Livermore area. Um, and I don't know how much, you know, what he did after that point. Um, but I just felt like it was such an encouragement to me to be part of that, to kind of really stretch way out of my comfort zone. And also to kind of, like, listen. Because there have been so many experiences in my life where I have felt that prompting, but have not done it where I've just said, like, oh, I should do this, but then I'm like, uh, that's, that's a little too much out of my comfort zone. But, you know, for, for the one time I can point to <laughs> where I, I did what I feel the Holy Spirit was saying to me, I, um, I just felt so energized by that. And so hopefully it could be an encouragement to you.
1: Um, yeah. Working in Texas, <coughs> there's this guy that I worked with, uh, buddy of mine. We would often go get lunch together, and you know, it kind of just became a, a thing. You know, we'd be like, hey, hey, Ken, what are you doing for lunch? Where, 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 where are we going? Sort of thing. And it's, you know, every you know, you know, a couple times a week or whatever, we do that. Uh, but I also on Tuesdays had a standing lunch uh meeting with some guys from church. And so he came up to me one day on a Tuesday and he goes, hey Ken, uh what are we doing for
2: lunch? I'm like, oh well hey you
1: know I'm I'm actually going and meeting some other people, you know, we're gonna go eat lunch and, you know do like Bible study thing. I don't care man, I, I just want to go eat lunch. And, um, I was like alright cool. So you know he he came along and uh actually you know, kind of engaged in the conversation. You could tell like you know once he once he got in there he had like a you know at least a little bit of a background uh going to church although I don't think he was really at the time like I, say, I mean you know he probably you know I got the impression he went like that and a kid to like Sunday school but you know next week it was you know Tuesday it's like alright man hey let's go and then that just became a thing <laughs>
0: It's amazing the power of just inviting someone to have a meal with you and, uh, and directing them to God. Like so much can happen with just the regularity of like our hunger comes whether we want it or not. So it's great to, to use what God's built into us for his advantage anyone else have any anything they'd like to share about the time when they were
5: I think one of the things you guys shared is the fact that they noticed something and they came to you and started asking questions. Mm-hmm. Um, and that you know that's like you're not trying to force the door open at that point you know they've opened the door for you mm-hmm. um so that's why it's so important that we do these things that we're out in the community and that kind of things where people can see us, and it, it at least creates opportunities for people to, to come up and ask questions. So I know even at Easter egg hunt, um, well, just I'm just passing out invitations, just passing out flyers, and, uh, and people are asking me questions about church, about Jesus, and that kind of stuff. Um, but if we stay if we stay in our, you know, if we stay in the church and stay in our small group studies and those kind of things, we never actually get out. We don't actually give people an opportunity to even have that chance to ask us a question. It's like we're trying to avoid it. It's like, oh no, i are going ask
4: you something. Run right away, run right away.
5: Um, so. So destiny is good. And I'm just doing it in the con- context of friendship. Yeah. You know, in that relationship. Because, you know, like Jim said, on the one hand, they they know you <laughs> and they know the bad side. <laughs> you know. Um, but on the other side, they don't. Um, so they're willing to listen to you. Because you've built up a relationship, you've built up love. You can be that's the thing about grace, we can be honest. Um, it's when we have to earn our salvation that we pretend to be perfect. Um, but when we're just forgiven, um, uh, that we can just be honest and say, I'm finding strength through Jesus to improve myself to grow in these areas. Um, so that, to me, that, that's, that's the strongest thing. So, So that's why I love doing these like family movie nights and things like that. They're simple. Mm -hmm. They're they're fairly low risk, uh, but they can open up. You know, especially if we're praying ahead of time, uh, they can open up opportunities that we'll never see coming, and we could never manufacture.
0: Yeah. uh, Let God manufacture. So I have one one more verse that I'd like to share with you guys that is an encouragement to me and kind of a and is sort of my challenge verse uh, for myself and and I want it to be a challenge verse for you guys this week. It's First Peter three fifteen, which says, "But in your hearts set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer." To everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have but do this with gentleness and respect so always being ready to give an answer when someone says why do you love jesus so much why do you put your trust in him why did, why is your faith in this you know why do you believe in investing in an organization called the church it's been around for so long what what is it about this um that's that's the time I don't want to be stumbling on my words and saying I don't know you know that that's that's a missed opportunity so think about it now and be ready to give a reason for that hope and and not just for their benefit but for your own because we don't want to just be doing rote repetition because we think it makes you know impresses other people in the church um, and so that's um, but then, once you get to where you're, you can confidently answer that question, then some of us need to tone it back a little bit and say, "Do it with gentleness and respect." So we might be tempted to be so bold that we might steamroll over people who don't believe or are questioning, um, and so we don't want to to do it in a way that that nullifies the love that Christ meant, you know, for us being his vessels. That's all I have to say. Thanks for letting me share. Mm-hmm. You know, like
3: Pastor uh, Phil the saying, I said that it's easier to say, you know, to uh, which people you don't know mm-hmm. when it is to people you do know. That and that's... That's where I, I start going back to the Romans three twenty three that uh, we all fall short uh, of the glory of God and uh, each each and every every time you know it's it's like uh, you know hey we're all in the same boat you know and uh, it's it's been easier uh, but like you say you know sometimes we get over excited trying to, to uh, spread the word in that area say sometimes we have to tone it down like okay this either is a non-believer or a new believer and you don't want to scare them away with you know hell and damnation you know but uh, it's it's like you know just like you were saying about the, the thief on the cross man sometimes kind of, when I when I first started to read in I thought well hey here's a guy who was hanging on the cross and that you know home. So why why should I get myself
5: up now when I still go have all the fun? Like but it's like, but look, look, at, look
3: at all you're missing here on earth. If don't do it now and wait until the last minute, because there's a lot, there's a lot of people lot you know, it, it's, it's like they say, well, you know, Christian, they're, they're so boring, they're not fun enough. Have you been with us? <laughs> you know, we still have fun, we still, you know, it's just we're not doing a lot of the stuff. But we're still having fun. And, and,
4: and. Mm. <laughs>